This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, I'm Rocky Kanaka, and this is an Animal Save My Life. Today, we're talking to Drew Logan and his dog, Lucky, who I'm actually lucky enough to know personally. Stress is hard on all of us, but it's an actual direct threat to Drew's life. But the good news is Lucky knows how to keep Drew calm. We actually met, I think, doing squats. <laughs> yeah, in the gym. <laughs> yeah. So Drew is really into fitness. He's actually a fitness expert and celebrity trainer, thus our meeting at the gym. But when I met Drew, it wasn't because of his bicep curls or his squats that caught my attention. It was actually because he had his dog, Lucky, with him right there at the gym. Lucky is a very rare, what's called a cardiac alert uh, service dog. So he is a, uh, a medically uh, certified, medically trained, professionally trained service animal that alerts me to rapid increases in cortisol hormones, specifically mine. Um, it was really important to me that I wanted to, to save a dog. I didn't want to buy one. I wanted to save a dog. I just felt really compelled to, if I had the opportunity to give a dog a chance at a life that he wasn't, you know, he looked like he wasn't going to be able to have. Um, and, and a lot of that came from myself of being able to say, you know what, I've got a second chance at life here. I want to be able to give that second chance of life you know, to a, a dog who's, who's not, you know, a puppy who is, he hasn't been given a chance at all to live, you know, whatsoever. Okay. Tell me, tell me about the day that you met Lucky. I was living in Tennessee at the time and a lot of people in, you know, parts of the country where there's a lot of uh, hunting and stuff like that, they use these dogs as hunting dogs. And so I found Lucky at a very rural shelter outside of Nashville, Tennessee in Springfield, Tennessee. And he was about eight to 10 weeks old at the time. So we got to the shelter and it's a very poor um, kind of rural shelter. It's a little country town about an hour north of Nashville, Tennessee. And surrounding the building was a probably about a seven foot high chain link fence. And we went to go pick up this puppy and there must have been 20 other puppies in there with him and they were just all over each other and you know and everything and I wanted to play with them all and when I picked him up and and I typically would do this with a puppy anyway I pick them up and I kind of roll them over on their back and see if they'll you know see if they'll be you know submissive and calm or if they're you know kind of a nutbag you know what I mean <laughs> and um and so I, I kind of laid him over in my arms like you would hold a baby and he just buried his nose kind of like behind my, between my body and my arm. And he was just, he was extremely comfortable just, you know, me holding him. And I was like, that's it. I'm taking this dog. And um, <laughs> so the, 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 the girl worked out the paperwork and she had told me because his, his kennel name, you know, how they name little puppies in the kennels and stuff. Uh, they had named him Chase. Okay. So why did you name him Chase? And she, and she said, well, we have cameras um, here uh, outside in the, the kind of the runs. 
And she said in the middle of the night one night, somebody came up and they dropped a like a six week old puppy over this seven foot fence, just plop down in the, in the kennel and just left it. And so when I came in in the morning, there was this tiny little puppy outside running around. And she said, I thought I had accidentally left a puppy out, you know, and um, it turns out somebody had just kind of brought him and just thrown him over the fence. And she said, so when I let the other puppies out, he loved to, he would chase the puppies or, or they would chase him. He liked to be chased. So he liked to run. And she said, we named him Chase. And she said, somebody had actually come and adopted him about a week later and then brought him back. And, and you know, so I was like, well, then that just means we're meant to be together. And we've been together. He'll be, he'll be fourteen uh, this October. Lucky is a special dog, and Drew needed a special dog because of what his heart's been through. Fifteen years ago, uh, I had a uh, what at the time what the doctors believed to be the only medical case to survive three sudden cardiac arrests or sudden cardiac deaths, actually, which is an electrical malfunction of your heart where it just stops working. It's not a heart attack. A heart attack would be like a plumbing problem, right? Uh, your pipes are clogged, you know, your arteries are clogged. And a sudden cardiac arrest is like somebody just turning off the circuit breaker to your, you know, say, for example, your house. If you turn off the circuit breaker to your house, everything stops. That's what happens in sudden cardiac death or sudden cardiac arrest. It's an electrical malfunction of the heart. Mine, um, they ultimately attributed it to rapid and and high levels of stress. Um, I was just 30 at the time and I was in phenomenal shape. That wasn't the issue. I had just come out of what was my first really big um, business deal at the time where I had bought a chain of businesses they were they were gyms and, and that had gone terribly sideways and so by the time that i i had my my heart problem which was in october of 2004 i was living in nashville tennessee and then this happened uh this you know this uh, cardiac arrest happened tell me about the day of the cardiac arrest so it wasn't an, an abnormal day. And, uh, you know, I had seen some at the time I had, you know, a number of, of training clients that I was working with. I had a, uh, that evening I had done a workout with a, a good friend of mine and my girlfriend at the time, she called me, I was on the way to my house and she said, Hey, um, she said, I've cooked dinner. She said, come over and we'll eat dinner here. I said, okay, we ate dinner. And then all of a sudden my my head began to hurt and my eyes, my, my view went into like a tunnel vision. And I just, I sat up and I said, Oh, and she said, what's wrong. And that was the last thing I fell over in the floor, just dead. You heard him. He said dead. When the paramedics arrived, they shot me full of epinephrine and then they shocked me with the paddles. Like you see on movies and stuff. They got me to the emergency room and into the coronary care unit and I had some subsequent attacks there and you know I had to be revived and then I was on life support for three days and then a coma um, the doctors after a significant amount of testing uh, deduced that it was extreme levels of stress causing a rapid increase of cortisol hormone which causes the heart to flutter, uh, go up and down in heart rate, and thereby causing a misrhythm, and that that rhythm obviously caused the heart to uh, to stop. 
I mean, how in the world did you, how did you live through one, let alone three? Oh, I, I wish I could take credit for it because it would be a really studly thing to say. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I mean, like, it, it's just, uh, you know, whether you, you know, believe in divine intervention or, you know, I think maybe the medical side of it, their, their explanation is uh, that I was in such good health at the time anyway, that having been that long without, without oxygen um, wasn't that detrimental. We'll be right back. So then you ended up getting a dog. What made you want to get a dog and to adopt? The doctor said, well, you know, I read a study that the, uh, there's some amazing things being done with dogs. Um, uh, I think at the time, most notably, Johns Hopkins University was doing some stuff with dogs on cancer research and the ability that they could actually smell the cancers, um, even though they couldn't detect on scans. And they had also done some stuff with, with heart-related incidents. So um, I, I said, well, you know, I don't know anything about that. And he said, well, if you find the dog uh, that can do the training and somebody that can do the training, then I'll, I'll write, the, write the prescription. It took me about a year maybe a little longer than that, to find someone that could do it. I needed to find a dog that had a high sense of smell or a high scent, uh, you know, kind of known to be a tracking dog. And so I did a little research on, you know, some of the dogs that have uh, known high levels of scent recognition. And so uh, then came Lucky. Okay, so you knew what kind of training Lucky would require. So you specifically were looking for a kind of dog. What what kind of dog is Lucky? Lucky's a plot hound, a German hound dog that has um, a high sense of, of smell and of sound. And I thought, yeah, all dogs have high senses, you know, smell right. and sound. Well, my, of, my, of my four dogs, the other three are not even remotely in the same universe as what he can hear and, <laughs> and smell. I mean, it's hilarious. Lucky's a special looking dog, too. He's dark brown, light fur around his eyes and his cheeks, so he looks like he's blushing. So, um, but he's kind of a uh, more of a medium bloodline. They can get really big. He's only about fifty. He's only about fifty pounds. Is Lucky your best friend? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> he's been through everything. Yeah, he he is the absolute best friend. You know what I mean? It's so much so that. Uh, he goes to the gym with me every day I'm there. Um, you know, you've seen him, Rocky. And in fact, so many people know Lucky's name and don't know my name because they see him around <laughs> the gym, you know. But right. um, I usually, you know, I'll get up sometimes as early as 4 o'clock or 4.30. And sometimes in the middle of the day, just his stamina just wears out. And he's just like, he can't do it. You know, no matter where we go, he's asleep. You know what I mean? And so oftentimes, you know, later afternoons or early evenings, if I have to head back out, sometimes I... I allow him to, you know, just stay home and, and sleep it out. And he, he'll still howl and bark and because he wants to go with me, you know what I mean? So, uh, you know, yeah. I, I, anybody that had a friend that, that wants to be around them that much, you know what I mean? That would be a great thing. How is Lucky trained to help you when you're stressed? So um, Lucky obviously doesn't, he doesn't understand the heart issue or anything like that. All he does is he understands that cortisol levels go up. That has a certain smell. He'll get up in my face and he'll kind of smell um, my saliva, smell the breath, or he'll lick the palm of my hand or something like that. 
Drew's cortisol levels are related to his levels of stress. So high cortisol means that he could have another cardiac arrest. And if he smells that, he's going to alert me. And he has a protocol that he goes through, which it, usually he's on a leash. And if he's on his leash, he'll grab his leash with his teeth, you know, connected to me. And he'll either pull me, you know, uh, he'll bark at me, he'll pull me, he'll make me either like get in the floor uh, or sit down in a chair or, or something like that. And the reason Lucky is pulling Drew to a safe spot is because his cortisol levels go up. And that could mean he's about to have a cardiac arrest. His defibrillator is about to go off. Under uh, the upper left part of my chest, I have an implanted um, defibrillator device, which looks about, um, looks kind of like a round garage door opener, but a little thinner and it's placed just under my skin. It has a wire that runs into my heart and should my heart ever stop again, it would shock me and keep me alive. Well, so the defibrillator is set at uh, a setting that's going to be like getting kicked by a horse. So it's going to knock me across the room. So it's going to be a very powerful jolt. You know, we're in the gym all the time. You can imagine if it happened there, you know, I'm going to fly into equipment. I'm going to hit my head on something. Right. You know, I'm... So Lucky's whole protocol is get me down either on the floor or in a chair. Usually it's on the floor and someplace where I'm safe. So if the... The idea is, hey, you are in a state where you might have a cause for this, um, and I want to get you as safe as possible. So if it does go off, you're not going to get hurt. And there is an intrinsic value there that Lucky has provided that I didn't anticipate. And just having him with me, it decreases cortisol uh, just by having him around. I am much more calm. I am a lot more... Uh, uh, you know, kind of easygoing, if you will, just by having him around. Okay, can you describe times Lucky has alerted you to high cortisol levels? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, for those of you that are that are that are listening and, and live in Southern California, you understand the stresses of driving on the freeways here, four hundred five, one hundred and ten, four hundred five, <laughs> right. etc. And so I, I can I can remember probably the scariest alert for me was being on the 405 and him just absolutely losing his mind trying to get me to I didn't know what he was barking about you know he was he was just he was going nuts and and I was like oh man like and I realized he was barking at me he wasn't barking at out the window and and I uh oh and you know and I so I had to pull over to the side of the road it was really scary for me because the first thing that that happens in that situation I think oh god. If I have a, 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 an SCA in the middle of the 405 traffic and right. this defibrillator goes off, you know, m my SUV is going to be in the middle of a pileup, you know what I mean? And so, yeah. um, you know, so, so that was, so <laughs> I think the stress after he barked was higher than the higher than the stress before I was terrified. You're right. We will be right back. Another time, Lucky was able to help Drew in a really complex scenario that happened in St. Louis. We were at an event for one of the Cardinals baseball games, and we were in an enormous sports bar, uh, enormous. And it was downtown near the stadium. And we must have been two or three stories up in this place in a banquet room. And he'd never been there before in his life. He had never experienced, you know, the building before in his life other than us walking in. And for whatever reason, my cortisol level spiked in the middle of a conversation with somebody. And he went 
nuts. And I want you to know, he grabbed the leash and he pulled me out of the room and down three flights of stairs and through a crowd of probably a thousand people and outside. Oh, wow. Like he knew how to get, how to get outside from where he, I had, I, I don't think I remembered how to get outside, you know, but he knew how to get down to get out and get outside from the way that we came in. And, um, and then get kind of out at a, at a free space and, you know, kind of open grass and maybe like sit down and stuff. It was amazing. It was amazing. It was one of the most amazing times I'd ever, I'd ever witnessed, you know, him do his job. Uh, what might've happened without lucky? Well, you know, thankfully I've not had any more cardiac arrests, but, but I wonder, you know, I wonder, I, I wonder that Rocky, I wonder if, if I wouldn't learn how to manage stress, you know, as well, um, you know, through, and, and how much did lucky contribute to that? You know, cause I mean, he's a, you've seen him. I mean, he can lay in the middle of the yeah. gym with a thousand people and he's, he's laid back. He's just as calm as he can be. Yeah. yeah cool as a cucumber. What's lucky's personality like, you know, I, uh, he is, he's very calm. Right. I always, I always say like, if he were a, uh, you know, if he were a person, he would be like, a, you know, he would be like the master in the Kung Fu movies. You know what I mean? Like the old man, you know what I mean? <laughs> very peaceful, you know, and, and very laid back and very, uh, always thinking, you know, but, but very positive, you know what I mean? So, um, he never, he's never hyper or anything like that. Even as the other dogs are hyper, you know, he, uh, he really is not. And so, uh, I, I think it's part of his job, but but I think you know even that first day when I picked him up as a tiny puppy, and he just you know buried his buried his head under my arm. I think he was a laid back dog. I think he was it was just in his disposition, you know. And I would say overall he's um, very loving, you know. Even at at his age now, at you know almost fourteen, you know he still wants to go to bed every night, you know, right, right under my arm, you know what I mean? Right up next to me. And, um, uh, and he's, he's very loving, but very, very peaceful, very, uh, very, um, uh, he's not needy at all. You know, and I have some needy dogs, so he's not needy at all. What, what's Lucky's favorite thing to do? His absolute favorite thing to do is to walk. That dog loves to get out and walk. I mean, and I don't mean just like take your dog on a walk. I mean, he's four, going on 14 years old. And if we could get out every day and walk for an hour, hour and a half, he just loves to be out in the open, just out walking. Second to that, second to that, his only other absolute favorite pastime, and he's loved it since he was a puppy and still as old as he is now. If we get in the truck, and he sits in the back seat, he will stand up and stick his head out the window the whole time. You know, he just loves <laughs> to have the wind in his face. And, and especially as we, as we drive over, as we get closer to the beach where he can smell the yeah. ocean air, you know, he, lo- oh. he loves having his head out, out the window the whole time. <laughs> if you could talk to Lucky and he could understand 100% of what you were saying, what, what would you tell him? If, I, if there were a 30-second window of time, where we had, you know, a clear communication, you know, where I was able to talk to him and, and say, and it would just be that he can understand how much I love him and that he can understand, you know, how important he is to me and how, how much I, I care about him. I, I say all the time, the best people and the best people I know are dogs. And, <laughs> um, 
as crazy as this may sound, when I think about the kind of person that I want to try to be, um, I, I kind of look at Lucky, you know, because he's he's happy in every situation. He's forgiving of any situation. And I look at, you know, who I am and, and the stresses that I undertake. It, sometimes, you know, it becomes really stressful and, and you have certain kind of uh, an unforgiving attitude if things don't happen on our own timetable, you know. And the reality is that if I could just be as peaceful and as, as carefree and as loving and in the moment present, you know, as, as lucky is, um, you know, I would be, I would be a much better person. You know what I mean? Just, <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I strive, I strive, I strive to be the person my dog thinks I am, you know what I mean? <laughs> yep. What would lucky say to you? Uh, I, I think in that same vein, you know, I think he would say, you know, just to chill out, man, it's all going to be okay. And let's just enjoy life. You know what I mean? And, and I hope what he would say would be, thank you. And I've had a wonderful life, you know, and I, the number of times that I have thought about, you know, am I really giving him the, the best life possible? Is there something else that I, I should have done or could have done? You know what I mean? And uh, but I, I would hope that he would just say, thanks, man, this has been awesome. And wow, the cool th- stuff I've got to do, you know what I mean? And, um, yeah. but you know, you've, you've met Lucky, he, Lucky's very laid back and kind of the, the, the wise old man. I think he would probably tell me just chill out, man. It's going to be okay. This is a good life. <laughs> I, I, I really am just better with, with Lucky. I'm an easier, more flexible person uh, to deal with things. I, I still know I want things done properly, but I think I'm an easier, more um, more uh, affable. I'm certainly more affable <laughs> with Lucky around. You can follow Drew's journey on Instagram at the Drew Logan, and Lucky also has his own Instagram at Lucky the Plothound. Or go to DrewLogan.com, and there you can find out how to order his book. It's based on his experience after cardiac arrest and how to use fitness to improve your physical and your mental health. It's called 25 Days. Go check that out. Thanks for listening to An Animal Save My Life. I'm Rocky Kanaka. Don't forget to subscribe because we've got another awesome episode coming out next week. 